coming to you from Rockingham. IPL Radio. <laughs> so, uh, uh, to all our listeners, we're so sorry about that. We were due to have our, um, our interview at 10, but of course, my iPhone doesn't plug into the AUX cord, and then I've never used Zoom before, and oh my God, Jacob, thank you for hanging in there. <laughs> No, that's all good. We got there in the end. That's the main thing. Oh my god! So anyway, how are you? What time is it over there? You're in New Zealand. Correct. Yeah, it is. Um, what is the time here? It is two fifteen in the afternoon. Two fifteen p.m. Is it as cold there as it is here? Honestly, it's never cold in Australia compared to New Zealand. I know. It's so I knew, fucking freezing. Here. I knew you so were going to say that. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's Honestly, still sunny here. <laughs> We like hot boxing here with heaters just full blaring, probably just a thousand dollars a power bill a month. Just keep warm. It's outrageous, honestly. <laughs> I shouldn't be complaining <laughs> then. <laughs> so Jacob, oh, when we, um, can so can you? Uh, how would you like to start? Do you want to um, introduce yourself and, and talk a little bit about yeah you and what and what 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 you're doing or what your story is? Yeah, absolutely. So I'll just start off with a bit of a mahi and a pipiha, which is um, native to the New Zealand culture. And um, yeah, always like to do that. Love it. It's a part of our heritage. Love that. Katongi te titi, katongi te kaha, katongi ukehi, tihei mauri ora. Ko harautu te waka, ko pirirangi te tangata, ko wāpa te awa, ko tūrangi nui te kao te moana, ko nāti parau te whanau te iwi, ko nāti pakea te iwi, nō reira tēnara koutou, tēnara tātou, tēnara koutou katoa. Nā mihi kia koutou, aroha mai, aroha nui. Thank you very much for inviting me on the show. My oh. name is Jack Leo Skilling, all the way from Aotearoa New, Aotearoa, New Zealand. Yeah. Loved that. Absolutely, yeah. It's good to uh, bring in our, our, uh, our native tongue into two interviews. I think it's always a good thing. Yeah, I agree completely. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So I'm just at work at the moment too, so doing work as well. You're all good, multitasking, hey? Mul- multitasking, yeah. <laughs> so, Jacob. Um, yeah, so, yeah. Go on, give us your story. Oh, so the story is very much like a number of other people's, I suppose, in relation to, you know, going through trauma, depression, or um, any adverse effects in relation to mental health. Yeah. Um, yep. So for me, obviously, I've come from a background of that trauma, of mental health-related issues within my family or whanau. Um, as they call it, generational curses in some senses, mm-hmm. and also um, coming from a life lifestyle of gangs, violence, addiction, rehabilitation centres, state care, which is foster care, and um, all the above. Unfortunately, the life that I, the lifestyle that I come from has been, um, yeah, it's it's, uh, it's a rough life to say the very least. I mean, I've experienced pretty much every part of the darkness you could possibly think of, from being molested in my earlier years as a child, um, from being physically abused by older gang members. Um, from being taunted, from being bullied, from, um, you know, early age drug use and abuse, um, from putting needles in my arm at the age of 14, oh my God. from undergoing um, a lot of psychedelics, from undergoing a lot of um, uh, physical, mental, emotional abuse, a lot of manipulation, um, a lot of confusion, a lot of trauma. Um, unfortunately, that's, you know, I'm just one of many people that have experienced that. My story is no more powerful than someone that might seem less. I think it just comes down to the individual and mm-hmm. how it's affected them and everyone's trauma can be different. I always and, say um, that. People, yeah, you can't compare trauma because, mm-hmm. you know, something that might be big to me might be little to someone yep. else and someone that might be little to someone else might be big to me Thousand because percent. it affects people differently. 100%, yeah, and, and it affects people differently in any way, shape or form. Um, so, yeah, I was diagnosed in early age with ADHD, um, depression, um, uh, also uh, dyslexia and things like that, where I was uh, always struggled at school, struggled to focus, struggled to spell, read or write. Wow. I uh, was always very good at sportsmanship, uh, very good at most sports that I attend, including rugby, uh, the rugby league, even soccer, things like that, really good at athletics, always made Colgate games, breaking records. Do you find that and, um, those sports helped you a lot? Um, you know, it was like a something that was structured for you that you could just like follow and do and be good at? Yeah, well, I, I did. I did pursue, I guess, um, a future in, in my sporting career. But ultimately, I fell into the drugs, the mm-hmm. alcohol, the gangs, mm-hmm. and I guess the undesirable associations and connections that I had, and followed down that path as opposed to going through the path of um, chasing a career yep. as potential All Black or potentially win the NRL, potentially wow. in athletics and you know cold games and things like that. But unfortunately, I went down a different avenue, and um, eventually, the criminal behaviours that we engaged in. 
landed me with uh, time incarcerated in juvenile facilities and then just further undergoing more time in and out of prisons and institutions and falling deeper into addictions and, I guess, debaucherous acts and behaviours in some senses. Do you mind uh, going in a little bit about your crimes and your time and maybe uh, I know the experience about your, your bro in the cell above? Mm, yeah, so I guess um, so. when I was 18, I, I landed a pretty hefty sentence, mm-hmm. um, which was nine years for a uh, GBH, which I was involved in where we had a fight in town mm-hmm. and one person got um, injured. Um, ended up in hospital um, and the nine year sentence still to this day as everyone knows like I've served my time I've mm-hmm. paid my dues and my debt to society and I take accountability for my actions and always showed remorse um, I definitely don't agree with the sentence still to this day I think yes the sentence may have helped me in the life I live now but a 19 year old born 18 at the time of the crime yep. 19 at the time of the sentence getting sentenced nine years was definitely extremely excessive and a lot of people at that age tend to go to gangs and things like that yes. and never turn their lives around because they become institutionalised exactly. lucky for me I found faith, had the right people backing me in the end, and my heart was always um, for people, not against them. Yeah. So I was quite blessed in the sense that I could have the opportunity to turn my life around. Um, so, yeah, I'll never regret the sense I received at that age. It's ridiculous to put anyone away at that age for such a long time, yep. especially for the, the, the crime. Didn't fit the punishment, I believe. But, again, I've done my time, done my seven years in there, um, and another year in rehab when I got out, and, Obviously, had my ups and downs, but the past two and a half years, I've t- turned my life around. The past two years, have been clean off drugs, alcohol, amazing. And, um, fully focused on establishing. Yeah, it's been <laughs> it's been a journey. <laughs> um, established a charitable trust, but yeah, going back to the the prison. Yeah, so mm-hmm. my one of my best friends who was um, my co-offender was in there with me too, and I classed him as a cousin, pretty much a brother of mine, and, and he he ended up committing suicide in there at a very young age of nineteen, and because uh, he was a year older than me. And uh, unfortunately, we're on remand. And when you're incarcerated, like, yeah, obviously you can't you can't come out and sell when you want to. It doesn't work like that. You've got to yep. have keys for that. You've got to be a screw prison guard, and um, or a key turner, as we referred to them as screws and key turners. But um, yeah, I just remember I was I was, I was on my bed with my cell, well, not with my cellmate. He was on the other bed, <laughs> yeah. and um, we just heard one of um one of the boys call out, and they said um snake. Snake, and I was like, oh, what's up? You know, thinking maybe we're going to fish and chuck some cigarettes under the door because you can do fishing with these things and stuff like that. Or, you know, whatever whatever things we're up to at the time, being mischief while you're in there as it is, you know, young fellow in there yeah. and trying to fish smoke from cell to cell. Um, and Frank was yelling out, and he's like, snake, snake, snake. And I was going, oh, yeah, jumped up at the grill. What's up, bro? And then he says, um, oh, bro, you know, Zach's six, six, six killed himself. And this was about 11.59 at night, just before midnight. And, um, you know, I just remember thinking, oh, he's, t- yeah, he's taking the piss. He's joking. Can't be, can't be real. Can't be serious. And, um, you know, I just remember thinking that moment, I will be to call out to him. So I started calling out to my, to my best friend, you know, mm-hmm. to Zach. And I was like, bro, Zach, Zach, <sighs> Zach. And I just, there, there was just um, nothing back. No, yeah, no response. And, uh, you know, this is going, this is going back to 2000 and 2010, you know, this was 12 years ago. And, um, you know, I'm in the, and I'm just thinking the worst and I'm just thinking, you know, beside myself and then thinking, nah, he's, maybe he's just asleep. And then, yeah, it turns out that my, my best mate, my best bro, my brother, the godfather of my daughter, had, uh, had killed himself that night oh and God. was hanging hanging in a cell above me. And, 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 and I'm, I'm in a cell downstairs with mm. nothing that I could possibly do. I can't go up there. I can't come down. I can't try to resuscitate him. I can't even imagine. You know, so pretty much... Me and the boys in the wing just start smashing ourselves, pressing out intercoms, flipping out, screaming, shouting. You know, like, where's the, where's the guards? You know, yep, you're doing yep, your bloody yep. ball checks and shit. Here's my mate hanging from a sheet above his cell door. And, 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 you know, we're flipping out. So finally, the screws come down. And, you know, they're not normally meant to let you out your cell, but like everyone, you know, the wing was going nuts. We're all flipping out and they let me out. And um, I still never forget, you know, like, I let myself downstairs. He's upstairs. And I sat down on the table downstairs and I looked up as they cut him down and they just laid his dead, lifeless body up on the top landing. And, um, you know, still to this day, it's like, I remember sitting there and it's quite daunting no matter how long, you, you know, how long it's yeah. been, yeah. how much you healed or you think you healed from it, the trauma and the experience that day, you know, the loss of such a beautiful man in life 
it forever sits in you and weighs heavy on your heart. You know, you, you, you know, time is a hell of a wounds, but sometimes God, we never yeah. fully recover or heal. We just learn to cope. And um, of course, you know, when we're sitting there looking up, now I couldn't even go up there and see him because you know, I was so young and so so gutted, so devastated, and I just didn't know what to do. Just looking up at my best mate, you know, wrapped in this freaking blanket up there, dead. Oh, and, um, I'm, I'm so sitting there sorry. like all. Oh, I just want to quickly, yeah. um, just quickly, I just want to remind everyone that uh, the lifeline number is 13 11 14. Um, as I said in the show a few times, uh, that there will be trigger warnings and we'll be talking about these serious um, things like suicide and, and Jacob's experience. So, yep, again, the lifeline number is 13 11 14. Jacob, that is horrendous um, and, it, and as horrendous as it is, I think that um, – obviously propelled something inside of you which has led you to doing what you're doing now and why you are so passionate and determined and committed to it, you know? Mm, yeah, like it's um yeah, it's as I say, it's never really easy. Like I, you mm-hmm. know, it's hard not to cry. We're talking about it twelve years later. Yeah. I've talked about it on thousand occasions because I always want his name to live on. Yes. And um, you know, it, my, 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 my son my he's almost seven months now. Was named after Zachariah Bodin. He's he, he's got the, the name. He's named after him in, in memory and honor of my best mate. You know, um, and yeah. he's a beautiful wee boy. And um, he is so you know, cute. His, his so cute. <laughs> yeah. So Zachariah, I've nicknamed. I'm not nicknamed. I've named him Zachariah in memory of Zachariah. Zach oh wow. Um, and even in the is a born again Christian, I looked up the biblical meaning of it. Yeah, um, which I didn't know to after when he was born, and and Zechariah or Zechariah means the blessed Lord has remembered, and then also his middle name Leo means the brave warrior. What so a coincidence! The blessed Lord has remembered, and my brother was a, he was a, he was a fighter. He was a brave man. He was honourable, loyal, and he stuck up for his friends. So the yeah. blessed Lord has remembered the brave warrior, and that was who he's named after. So it was quite powerful. Wow, and emotional too. Yeah, the emotions added to that, and more investment into him because yeah. of that too. Well, like, obviously, he invested in my son, love him indescribably. Um, but um, yeah, so that's that's why you got named that, and yeah, it's um, it has, it has set me on a path of you know through my own experience of depression and attempts on my own life, suicide, yep. and you know my family. It's a generational curse, no doubt. Three of my sisters, literally all three of them, have been on life support for trying to commit suicide. Oh my my brother's God. been in a mental health for trying to commit suicide. Well, your upbringing, you, know, you you went through some extreme abuse in your upbringing, um, and. I, I mean, I'm not completely educated on this, but um, my my ex partner was Maori, and um, his 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 father and and his family, like there was a lot, a lot. His mother the, in, over in New Zealand, um, and they his Maori uh, family explained to me that it's so. It's a bit. It's a big thing over there, especially in the Maori. Um, what would you call them? Like community communities. Um, and for so 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 long, it was just like a, a no, almost a normal thing. And there wasn't like the resources that. Well, I mean, there's still not enough resources. But just hearing like it come from them as if that was just the way it was. It it's baffling. Like extreme violence from like their you know their fathers and uncles and how it was just like coppered on the chin like that's what you got I just I just can't imagine uh living like that was your world yeah yeah unfortunately that's you know it's the way of the world sometimes and it's very sad it's very detrimental to our upbringings and the way that we become in the future Mm -hmm. um in the way in the in the past that we choose to go down because of the trauma that we're faced with and because of the ongoing trauma that we've never actually dealt with because sometimes yes. we we stuff going on internally that we don't even know about yes because it's buried stuff yeah it's become a bottle that explodes and the glass shatters and it comes out in all types of ways it's why people fall into addiction it's why people fall into yes. criminal behaviors it's why people fall into and criminal associations and any other things that uh, lead, lead them da- down a path of darkness is because they've got ongoing trauma childhood Suppressed. trauma that they've experienced. Mm-hmm. and suppressed and never truly found or dealt with or even know what that particular thing is because it's been so suppressed that, you know, sometimes you need to see therapists or mm-hmm. counsellors or talk to someone that's QBE qualified by experience to share their story that resonates with you because yeah. they've got that experience too to bring that forth and then deal with it in an appropriate way to eradicate the trauma and have coping tools and mechanisms to deal with it. Yep, yep, yep. We need more people teaching that. That's amazing. 
that um no but it, it's a daunting it's I know I know for me it was you know when I remember one day in 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 this room with my psych and I said to him like I was admitted into the mental institute I was getting electroconvulsive therapy it was like I don't know my seventh round just that admission and I said to him like how long is this going to take? Like, give me a rough estimate. And then I expected him to like, you know, maybe say seven more years or something. And he said to me, like, this will probably be forever. You will probably be doing this, you know, going back into your traumas and healing and growing and getting stronger for the rest of your life. And I, in that moment, I was like, nah, I'm leaving. Like, I'm done. Like, I'm going. Like, I don't care. Nah, I can't do it. What the hell? But then you realise it's like, okay, so you either live a life of pain, the suppression and the triggers and the, you know, all of the horrendous dark stuff, or you live a life, you know, sorting through it, going towards the life. But it's daunting and it's heavy and it's hard. But I just, yeah, it's something that you have to do. Otherwise, you just live a life of pain, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And if you don't, face it then you're continually living in that pain which passes on to you know your kids and then yeah like you said ancestral traumas ancestral curses yeah definitely yeah and there's just no escaping it until you deal with it unfortunately and no one likes to deal with their their trauma it's like with um you know new things in life new jobs and yep new successes or whatever it looks like to be able to hit that you've got to be uncomfortable you can't sit in your comfort zone to succeed yeah you know you've got to get out you've got to try something new you've got to do something new and as much as you feel like you can't do it, you really can. The brain, the human body, the human mind, everything, the capacity of that yep. is so compelling and so so unreal that we can accomplish anything we set our minds to, including yep. dealing with our crap, including finding new ways and opportunities to become better people so we can teach other people to become better and find better um, opportunities and career paths and options that were suited to who we want to be or who we meant to be. I love so. Well, speaking just on that, um, at, well, when we spoke last night uh, about. Uh, people who are coming out of prison and, um, you know, as I said, I was like, oh man, all my mate, I've got a lot of friends that are in jail and have come out of jail and they go straight back to the, you know, dealing drugs, addiction and, and, or, you know, you know, gang stuff, all of that stuff, because they come out and they've got nothing. They go to their parole officers, like, you know, however many days a week they do whatever they have to do, but they've got nothing. Like they, they've got nothing to walk, walk out and have, like, they've got no roof over their, over their head. They've got no job. They're just like, you know, just set out on their own and they have like very minimal options. And if they do have work found for them it's a it's a dreary depressing job and so when you said that um you know I'll let you explain what you've got coming in the works but I think that's something that every country everywhere needs and it could be well it is life-changing as you said you have a what success rate do you want to go into that a little bit um so the success rate for the company that we're currently working with that's in transition to becoming Mm -hmm. redemption is um I think it was a 96 percent 93 oh sorry i've just got zach guilford with me mm-hmm. he's also a man who hey, a brilliant man he's come hey, hell yeah. <laughs> he's um he's my team partner in this and he's one of my good, good mates in life now he's actually an ex all black who has been sharing his story around the world too a very powerful man who's oh, hey. <laughs> so he'd be a good one to do an interview with one day too from addiction from trauma depression all that stuff and we work alongside together and including looking at doing future events and doing stuff throughout the trust and wanang is which are going to be programs for mental health and men and stuff but um, yeah, so not ninety three percent success rate recorded down, and we get government contracts because of that fact. Amazing. Yeah, so we, we we're able to find guys who are classed as the undesirables mm-hmm. to society, and we bring them in, and we tie them up, and we get them work, and we get them employment. But mm-hmm. we don't just stick them anywhere. Yeah, we sit them down, and we have an in depth chat. Yeah, we get personal, but a deep and meaningful, and we discuss with them what their what their goals are, what their plans are, and what they want to do as a dream job. We try and source that. If we can't, we place them somewhere where they next want to be, where they can build a career, yep. where they can be full-time work, where they can have structure, where they can have a steady income so they don't fall back into addiction, fall back into old associations. They can walk away from the gang life and they can have opportunities presented to them to create a better lifestyle for them, their friends and their family. And then they become the next upstanding citizens and role models for society to prove that anyone can make change Phenomenal. if they really want to. Because the thing is, is that so many of these have, haven't been taught how to be a you know, perfect citizen. They don't have those examples. So many 
come from like gang in their family and and abuse in their family, drug addiction in their family. How are they? What are they? You know, how are they to know how to do these things when their role models, their you know parents or the people that were older than them, they taught them such a such a bad way to go. So you guys being able to get that for them and for them to experience that is a hundred percent life changing. But it's just it's really special. I, I just I'm so excited about this. I know you've got the other organizations which are amazing and have helped me personally, but I think what you're doing and what you've got in the works, oh my God, it's I think it's going to be phenomenal. It's, yeah, absolutely. We're looking forward to it. We, we actually, me and Zach both enjoy this job really well Like because it's something we're passionate about. Yep. It's very hands-on, very social. It's something we both enjoy doing. So we've sort of found in a sense a dream job for ourselves while we're still learning it, growing it, and becoming a part of it. So the people that run the company also have their own experiences and they're mm-hmm. beautiful Christian people and, you know, not religious nutcases though. Christian <laughs> people, not the nutcases. any of the ones that are Christian. But yeah. if you're a religious freak, you need to swear. Um, nah, nah. But seriously, though, you know, there's difference. Um, but, yeah, they're beautiful people. They help a lot of people, including us, and brought us on board as specialists to help do this. And, and, and we thoroughly enjoy it. We're passionate about it. And we love seeing some of these guys. You know, when you when you see a guy get his PPE, his protective gear, mm-hmm. and he's on his way to work, and he's got this massive smile from ear to ear. That's strutting his stuff. Oh, absolutely. He's he's beaming. He's flying. Oh. As they say in that chopper movie, I'm freaking flying. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, no, so, I know. Um, oh, Keithy. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> it's pretty bloody good. Um, so and that, that brings joy to us. That that, 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 that warms our heart. Sometimes, you know, seeing these guys express what they've been through, and we can resonate, relate, even can bring a tear to the eye, and then we're able to even counsel them, mm-hmm. as well as help them get into employment. And yeah. that's the plan for this to, to to bring a wraparound pastoral care system into place, so we can wrap around them. Yeah. Support support them inside of work and outside of work, work and help them maintain that steady path because it ain't easy, you know, speaking from experience, it isn't mm-hmm, easy. You mm-hmm. know, I grew up in prison, I grew up in rehabs, I grew up in state care, grew up in institutions yep. and it hasn't been the path, you know, there's still times where I get temptations come up still to this day yep, yep, but I yep. know that those demons are creeping but I've locked them away in the cage and I've thrown away the kids. it's not happening. There's and a bigger you, plan and purpose for my exactly, life. Exactly, when you when you know that there is a bigger plan and when you know you have a purpose and when you, when you have something, you know, some people feel they don't have anything to live for, you know, but when you have something, even as simple as like a job that you love, it honestly keeps you going so like you just, I can't explain it. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know what, you know what would be amazing though? So I know you, your experience is in both, but my experience in the mental institutes, I, I would love to see you, you bringing that into the mental institute. So the people who have, you know, been brought up in and out of those institutions, because it's so, it's sort of the same concept. Um, it's mm. when they when they are the way they are and they find it so so hard, you know, and they're struggling so much and they're in and out of hospital. It is so hard to get a job. Hence why I've been tattooing. It, on and off for the last 13 years but like to to because they they give you all the help that they can which you know isn't always great but to to have that pro, that programmed into the institutes into the into the you know the daily courses we have to do and the group therapies and stuff and have that like cemented in place would be huge and I think it could stop the the setbacks and the you know the fallen attempts again to commit suicide you know you leave and you you get maybe three weeks and you're like yeah I'm all good or you're all good and then you relapse again you know absolutely no you know exactly what you mean and that's the thing it's it's removing these barriers and these labels and showing them that the door's always open but they just got to step through it as opposed to closing the door before they've even got the opportunity yep. to take the chance to step through it yep yep and um, a lot of those facilities, unfortunately, yeah, they deal with some stuff, but not all things. And then, yeah, it's like goodbye as soon as you're gone, you're on your own. 100%. Like they get their money for their placements and stuff like that. And they mm-hmm. help and see you later, mate. Enjoy life. I'll probably see you back and make some more money. Yes. It shouldn't be about the money. I get that we need money to be able to run these yeah. um, organizations. We need we need funding so we can do it full time and be able to survive. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. But you've got to not lose the passion. Too many people do it, start off with the fire and the passion, then they lose it. Yeah, seen it so many times. Yep, they do it all the time. Same with like um, Oranga Tamariki, which is a foster care system, SIPs, which remove kids. A lot mm-hmm. of people start off in the industry like wanting to help change families and better families, but they end up losing their drive and their passion. It's like, Joe, you become institutionalised. Yes. It becomes so normal that you become so desensitised to your emotions and 
how you operate. It just changes things up, you know? See, that's what I love um, about you. I've noticed you, because of course the broken movement is massive and well, I'll let you go into your other ones in a minute, but I love how you just keep with, you're always finding, what else can I do? What else is there? What else is flawed? Let, you know, it just never ends with you. That's what's amazing. I just can tell your fire will never burn out, but you're always just, soon as one succeeds, you're, okay, what's next? What can we do? What can we do better here, there, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I guess for me, it's also um, interconnecting with other advocates around New Zealand, even around the world, mm-hmm. that enable me to keep that fire going and also coming under isn't like an umbrella where we support each other, yes. share with each other ideas and um, bits and pieces for events or programs. Yes. And utilising that and bouncing off each other's experiences and knowledge in the field to create that, you know. Yes. And also understanding it all. Like um, Rob Mokoraka is an amazing man that we um that we deal with and we work almost closely and support him every time he comes down Canterbury ways because the man's just ultra talented in the way that he expresses his story yep. and um helps people like he's next level yep. um shop bro it's an it's an incredible um uh, incredible um presentation mm-hmm. and then we've got other mov- mental health movements like Hope Walk which is another massive one that I spoke at and yes. um, support with and work with is that- another big one that's going worldwide and then um, a number of other ones and. You know, the, the plan is to take the Broken Movement Trust worldwide once it's fully established here in New Zealand. And then, yep. you know, basically what I'll do is I'll talk to people overseas, already have talked to people overseas, that when it's fully established here and funded and the pro- program's running through it, that we'll go set it up all over the world and let people, I guess, franchise it and copy left it, not copyright it. Because yep. for me, it ain't about right off me. It's you can have it, just don't change the name and the format. You utilise the, the the policies and the procedures and the and the um the content from it, and you can run it however you want as long as you to those rules because they're built on people's experience. So the Broken Movement Trust was established for one one sole purpose is to bring people together as a collective that have been broken, are broken, or are healing from brokenness, mm-hmm. come from that dark mm-hmm. side of life to come together in unity, share each other's stories and testimonies because our test is our testimony and our message is our message to provide people with that, their insight, their coping tools and mechanisms to help each other grow, succeed and heal in life and doing that through a number of different ways and um, d- different different components and, and collaborating with others to be able to accomplish this because it's not just about me, it's yep. not just about you, it's not just about I, it's about we, it's yes. about love, yep. it's about coming together and supporting each other in unification for for the world globally. Yep. Suicide's massive everywhere, mental health's massive everywhere, employment's massive everywhere, bullying is massive everywhere, yep. um, you know, because there's so many things that, 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 that are always going to be hard. Missing someone you love is hard and never being able to see them again is going to be even harder. Yep. Yeah, yeah. You know? I love that. Um, I love how you're you're so open and, like you said, like it's about all co- you know coming togetherness. And it so is, and so often that these organisations, they instead of having that insight, it's about how do we be the biggest? How do we be the best? How do we be you know the most known, the most famous? But you've gone in in yeah. the direction where it's like, no, how can we utilise the most to help the most? You can see the exactly. authentic and the genuine like intent there. Um, well, that's the, yeah. Go. Sorry. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. There's a lot of a lot of people. They tend to do it to fuel their own egos or whatever that might look like. Look, I can't judge because I don't know the, the mm-hmm. intent behind other people with the agendas. All I know is that we can do more by working together as opposed to by not. Absolutely. And the more we the more we work together, the more we can accomplish because. It's about sharing everyone's story, not just one story. Absolutely. I agree completely. And the yeah. The, and the more that people get behind it and support each other and understand that, the better it's going to be, you know, like um, it's also understanding it too. Like I think, um, you know, on the on the pages with the content that we post, for instance, mm-hmm. it's understanding like people think depression means you're sad and crying all the time. Depression nope. for me has been stuck in a twilight zone. I can't think. I, yep. I don't respond to things. Yep. Nothing's interesting. I, I just feel empty, mm-hmm. not sad, just blank. I have a lot of days where it's like this and they're very hard, you know. Yeah. And another thing is, you know, the best thing a therapist ever told me is you're not lazy. You have a certain amount of energy and right now you're using that all to survive. I know someone else. I know, I, I I know someone else needs to hear that too, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's and, right. And it's it's a, the best thing a therapist ever told me is you're not lazy. You only have a certain amount of energy and right now you're using it all to survive. I loved that. 
And so, and so yeah, what I love about the Broken Movement page, just the, you know, just the Facebook one, is that um, all these things and they hit home. But I love seeing the hundreds of thousands of comments and shares and, and just how it's an open forum for people to converse and express and, you know, and, and be understanding to others. That's what's so awesome, that, that freedom in the page. Mm, yeah, it's um we do we, we do try to monitor it depending on the comments, but basically we leave it open like it's open for discussion. Yeah. Because the thing is, you know, like we we could have a hundred thousand people say, Oh, we love this and one person say they don't. You mm-hmm. can't please the world, unfortunately. Someone's always gonna disagree and a lot of people yeah, and, and we just let it fly, it is what it is. Yeah. As long as it's not an abusive comment where it could trigger someone into doing something bad, we just let it be. Yep. Um because across across three pages, I think one of the months we had when I went through the statistics and the pages and the data analysis was um we reached over a hundred million people across three pages yeah which yeah. was incredible that's insane that's so great but it, isn't that such a great feeling and I know you know what I mean it's not about like oh like you know it's not like a selfie oh yeah I've got all these likes it's about yes we're reaching we've reached that many people you know like that many people have them. been reached yes yes and that's the thing like if it was about <laughs> glamour and grace I'd be doing videos to myself all the time and of course and me going look at me <laughs> With no top on, going oh yeah, mental health week. No <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. We, we, we don't. We don't post up anything about ourselves. Like yep. every now and then we will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll jump on and do a live. Yeah. We'll do a live feed if it's relevant to something that's going on in the day or in our life. Mm-hmm. But it's very rare that you'll see any of us jumping on the page ourselves as a personality on the page. We stick to the content because it ain't about us. It's about the. It's about the people that are on the page that need the support that's there. Yeah. And we get messages day in and day out. Yeah, um, and we try to, you know, we try to, we try to keep up. Can be quite hard. It is hard, isn't it? And that's something um, even I struggled with. So, oh, just so the listeners know, um, the the whole, I was I was too scared to even make a page. So when I lost Jack, I wanted to. I, well, I, I reached out to Jacob and I was like, how, you know, what do I do? Where do I start? And if it wasn't for you, I literally would never have posted the first video I ever posted. I would never have made the page. I would have just, well, I would probably be in a pretty bad place right now, back at Hollywood Hospital Mental Institute. Um, but yeah, you, you, you guided me and you showed me, you believed in me. But um, that is a hard, a hard thing when you start to get a lot of messages and is, is as honoured as as I felt to receive so many, you know, in like intense and really open stories about their struggles and how like, you know, what I posted had helped them. It is a lot. And so how do you sort of, how do you emotionally kind of pull back and not feel responsible to responding to each one? Because that's something I struggle with. I mean, it's always a hard one. I think it's what all mental health advocates and, um, psychologists and qualified by experience and peer support workers do struggle with is how do you switch off from the trauma that's getting spoken to you about people's lives? Like I, I, I can't give anyone any actual advice on that other than it's pretty hard. Um, I don't know how I do it. I just go home. I shut my eyes. And for me, I guess my my biggest thing is my spiritual faith, eh? having faith in God Mm -hmm. and knowing that I can trust in him and he's got my back. And um, Mm -hmm. by giving glory to him, he'll set out the new day and he'll free me from anything that's tried to attach itself through Mm -hmm. these testimonies and these stories and give me the right way of dealing with that. And my faith is what's really changed my life and saved me in that sense as well. Mm -hmm. Like, um, you know, it wasn't until I found faith that I stopped thinking about suicidal feeling. Amazing. You know, depression, don't get me wrong, it tries to creep up the odd, the odd time, depression tries to sink in, but it's very solemn and very rare, but the suicidal thoughts themselves haven't had them in a long time, and I'm very grateful for that, but yeah, my faith has been a big part of that. I think and, um, I think when you, know, you said think, being tested, you know, in those times where sometimes you're tempted and 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 that I think it, I think we have to be tested. I think it, there's a there's a big importance about that. And then when you start to realize, so for for me, what is massive lately, and I'm like I'm, I'm still in the midst of it. I'm like wow, is I've started to realize when I have those, you know, and you would know, you know, we've talked about this stuff. When I have those real dark moments, when I'm like, no, nah, I can't, I'm going to give up, and that stuff creeps in. I've started to realize in that moment, I'm like, no, this is just a test because I'm, I'm growing and I'm, and I'm, you know, succeeding in things I need to succeed in. And it's just a test to rip me back. And when you realize that the power of it, it diminishes. 100%. And that's, you know, it's understanding that too. So that's, that's, that's good that you've established that too, you know, and that will be beneficial to some of the listeners that might need that. Well, you've guided me through that. So, well, you know, after Jack, you guided me so much and I, I've clung on to it and, yeah, it's rare for me because 
um, you know, all my life seeing psychologists, psychiatrists, counsellors, and nothing's ever really stuck like the way you you. And I think it comes down to because you. It, are so you can relate so much I know you know what you're talking about and that's the huge difference between a person who's qualified and certified but with no experience and someone who's not certified not qualified but has all the experience I think there's an immense difference and I know for me personally and for so many people I know that have said the same like who are you going to listen to? Who are you going to connect with more? Who are you going to go, keep going to your sessions with? Someone who gets it, someone who's lived it, experienced it, come out of it, or someone who has no idea and just read it out of a book? Yeah, and I think, I honestly, I think there's the, the, it's always good to have um, the the qualifications in the sense of the psychological point of view and coming from that, the book work, but I think the most powerful, powerful way of um, communicating and creating tools and um, coping mechanisms as someone that has that experience, being qualified by experience and even doing a bit of paperwork really takes it to a whole new level, being able to provide yes. the right help for people. Yeah. Um, yep. But also understanding that um, um, that, that, that what works for me won't work for that person, what works for that person, works for another person. That's mm-hmm. why it's so important to share our stories and to speak out because yep. my story might relate to a thousand people, but your story might relate to a different thousand people. Of course, of course. And that's why it's so important. Yeah, so that's um, and that's what's um good about how you are collaborating with so many other people and so many other things because that's where it you know connects to more people, to more people, to more people. I just I always picture a tree. That's you know, and that's why I put the tree up as as my logo thing because the roots, the branches, it just it's connecting, connecting, connecting to not only the earth and obviously our world, but like to thousands and millions of other leaves which I think I symbolise as like, you know, people. Yeah, and that's the thing, like a tree, you can utilise that as a great metaphor for that, mm. as well as, um, you know, they talk about, um, say, law of attraction. I used to be a big believer in the law of attraction and the way that I... Coming to, to you from Rockingham, IBL Radio. You know, the tree that roots itself becomes a trunk and then fires off the branches and the leaves, and that's the same as, the, as a metaphor for neurological pathways in your brain that thicken as you constantly um, think about a certain something. Yes. Now, that's a bit of psychological side of it. So, obviously, I'm not a qualified I love the neuropsychology. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And that's what they explain, that it creates these new, that we've got more neurological pathways and connectors in our brain than there are stars in the universe, billions yep. of them. And the more you focus on a certain subject or certain thing in your life, which is why practice makes perfect, it creates a stronger pathway, yes. which yes. means the more intense towards that, yep. and then your body your thoughts, your feelings, and everything goes towards that way. Same as a tree, it builds up, becomes that. There's the trunk, and then you fire off from there mm-hmm. to expand it to different horizons. And it's the same with depression and mental health. You know, the more that you focus on that, mm-hmm. the more that people keep labeling you this, and the more that people keep telling you this, then it becomes worse and worse for you as 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 um, people continue to progress, you know? Yep, yep. And then all they they, they degress in that sense. Yeah, no, due I agree to, completely. Um, due, due to the so yeah, so I, I like I like the metaphor when it comes to the tree and stuff like that. It's definitely mm. a good one. So I just got this notification saying that our things ending in ten minutes. Our our interview. I didn't even know there was a time limit on the on a Zoom. I've never used a Zoom. I had to literally make Ooh, an account okay. three seconds before I even started the interview. Um. So hold on. If 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 you're happy with it. Um, I might play like uh, just a couple of songs and then call call back up and just um, just hit on again the the broken movement and what what's next for you guys and also you know how um, if you could talk about how people can access those pages and you know what that what they'll find there. How, how do you feel about yeah, that? Absolutely. Cool. All right. Yeah, definitely. If you have another one, we could do that again and carry on. Yeah, cool, awesome. Because this is going to cut us off in like it says one minute now. So I'll I'll end it, play some songs, and we'll touch back at let's say eleven uh, twenty. Yep. All, All right. Sounds good. Stay tuned, everybody. All right. All right, Jacob. Talk to you soon. Cheers, guys. Bye. And we're back. I figured it out. <laughs> So I'm here with Jacob, everybody. Um, just again, before we start, I just need to put a trigger warning out there. Um, we're talking, well, we have spoke about some pretty in-depth um, and sort of um, hardcore 
topics with suicide and mental health and experiences. So the lifeline number again is 13 11 14. And then um, we're going to end off with a beautiful poem, or if, if he'll do it for us, um, that Jacob has mm-hmm. written that, um, yeah, just shook me to my core, but it was hauntingly beautiful. And again, um, I'll do a trigger warning right before that too. So uh, Jacob, can you let us know how we can find your organisations? Um, like what socials, what, what, what are they, what are they called? Rah, rah, rah. Yeah, absolutely. So there's the Broken Movement Trust, which is Facebook and Instagram based. Um, Instagram relatively new. Facebook been around for about two years. Yep. Um, we also, um, my friend Robert Norman Reed, who's a massive mental health advocate, is the founder and um, runner of the Suicide Awareness Prevention page, which I'm the admin on and have control of also and support to help construct that and do the content on there based on coinciding with the Broken Movement Trust. Amazing. Um, and then the Anxiety Freedom page, which is another friend from Britain who founded that and then I coincided and worked with him along on that page. And he's also written a book on anxiety that is free to the public via the page. And um, there's a so website cool. for the Broken Movement Trust, which is um, www.thebrokenmovement.com dot org which will access the page yep. and um yeah we're, we're slowly establishing and being fully constructed we're registered charitable trust out of new zealand old territorial christchurch canterbury and working on a way to get funding to start running programs and then establish it throughout the greater new zealand and, and then increase into australia england america and worldwide that's the goal and so how so yeah. how do you how do you go about that how do you get that funding and and so what I don't know for listeners listening like what sort of how do you go about that how do we it's help funny, <laughs> I mean I guess there's, there's these ways of funding there's small options where we do fundraisers where we run and host events where we're able to um, then put money into the trust to be able to get it operational or there's um, ways for funding applications through the lottery, through other organisations that are charitable trusts that fund other charitable trusts. There's a number of things out there. It's just whether you can get on board, get it approved, because yep. everyone's doing a bit of something. And that's why we like to coincide and work alongside people, mm-hmm. not to compete. We're not here to compete. We're here to, we're here to unify. Yep. And um, unify. I guess it's just um, we're going to add, add a donation button to the website and to the page where people can freely donate. Yeah, cool. Um, it's connecting with... Um, it's connecting with other people that are big in mental health or things like that that are that, that are strong advocators for or even businessmen and business owners that, that want to donate money to things such as this yeah. and be a part of that. You know, um, people like to attach their um, business um, emblems or, or, or names to things like what we do and we're, we're quite happy to do that because if they're willing to support mental health, we're willing to promote them in a sense. Of course. But we do it to promote them in a, in a negative light. We do it to show that if you're willing to support us, it's a good thing. And we're willing to promote any company that is big on mental health because if you're actually willing to put effort in and do the mahi to get the treats, then we support that 100%. Um, I guess, you know, there's a number of ways of getting it. It's just a process and following the right procedures to do so. Love it. Um, yeah, so we've got a number of programs already pre- preset, written and ready to go. It's just um, having the, 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 the finances to be able to run those programs. Yeah, so all, all listeners – um, it, you know, like he says, support equals support. So if you can get on the pages and like and share, follow, all of that sort of stuff, and I guess, you know, those little things all help. Yeah, absolutely. Every little bit counts. And at the end of the day, you know, like I, I don't get paid to do this. I've got, a, I've got, as I said, I've got, a, I've got a job that yep. I do. So I'm not being paid to do this. This is all purely for passion. Yeah. I don't do it for money. I do it for, I do it for results. Amazing. I don't see people happy to create change to watch them be able to heal themselves. Because the most important thing that I say to people is when they say, even with you, you know, you've said to me, oh, you've helped me. I haven't helped you. You've helped yourself. I've just oh, you said that to me. allowed you to help yourself. Yeah. <laughs> and it's allowed you to help yourself, you know. Um, we, we, we don't heal people. We don't save people. Everyone does their own work on the moment. But we just show them that they can do the work. We give them the confidence to teach them that they can do that and that yeah. they can overcome yeah. and therefore accomplish and create healing. And then they, in turn, they can show others. And then it's yes. that vibration. It's that manifestation. You know, even, even in my faith, it talks about the manifestation that God provides. If you know, you seek God wholeheartedly, you will find him. Yes. And it talks about that mm. through intentional prayer, he'll provide what your heart desires. And if you, if you desire that change and you have the right people around you, then you can accomplish it. You can do that. And we, we show them the doorway. We, we, we eradicate the darkness with the light. And we allow that light to shine, and then people then heal themselves. They do the work on themselves, and then the 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 application of the applause goes to them. Pat yourself on the back because you did the hard yards. You got through. You maintained. You didn't give up, and now you've created change, and you're doing that for other people, and it's beautiful. Yeah, beautiful thing you can see. I think that's amazing, and it's it's sort of like giving people. I don't know, like when when you said that to me, um, 
when I originally started the project and you and I said oh thank you like I was so scared I wouldn't have um made or, or posted that video myself and um I was like uh, I don't remember what I said but you said nah you did this like I just showed you like how you know the way and but you've done it all and it it kind of gives people ownership and like makes them realize in that moment oh okay yeah it is in me I can do it because I've lived my whole life thinking or looking at people going oh wow like you know if they can do it, anyone can do it but then I say to myself oh no nah, but I can't like I just can't I always think that I can't I can't I can't and then just that simple thing you said to me I was like no shit I did <laughs> do you know what I mean and then further down the track, you think, oh, I've done that, I can do this. And so that bringing that back simply to the person, I think that's really good. It off, Like it does a lot more than, than, than people would think. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Because it shows, because at the end of the day, you did do the work, you did create mm. it, you've done it yourself, you reached out, you made the first step, that first step was reaching out, you've done that, you listened, you adhered the advice, the counsel, and then you've done it, you ran with it, and now you've accomplished it. So you did the work. Work. Yeah, and I always give glory to God. God's what done, done it all. He, he guides me to people. He guides me to do these things. Yeah, and, and, and it's what creates this. And you know, and, and you've done it all. And and you're you're a great example and inspiration to myself to see what you've become in such yeah. a short time because of the adverse um, effects of the, the pain of the loss that you've endured. Oh, Jacob, thank um, you. So it's beautiful. You know, flowers that, 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 that blossom and bloom and then they create other flowers to blossom and bloom. And, oh, it's just wonderful. I love it. I love seeing it change and seeing the, the, the happiness and seeing everyone grow and become better and then affect other people with that. It's an infectious, you know, thing. It's like a smile. You smile at someone and you might actually save a life by smiling at them. Yeah. Like, Why is he smiling yeah. at you? Why is he smiling at me? Mate, do smile. It's infectious. You can take it. It becomes contagious. You ship on someone else. In fact, anyone that's listening into this, um, this interview right now, if you've got someone in the vicinity, I don't care if you know them or not, whether it's a stranger in the street, I want you just to stop and give them a hug and give them a three-second hug and hold them long and release that beauty, that love, and that endearing to create change and love upon each other, that kindness, you know, mankind, because we need to be more kind. Oh, that's so sweet. I love that. You know what? It's like light reflects light. I love that. I can see exactly what you're saying. You're so right. That's beautiful, Jacob. Such a little poet. And yet, <laughs> oh, yeah. Poet, and I know it. <laughs> um, yeah, like, and, and we're, we're quite blessed. Like, we've got some real massive advocates over here. Um, like I said, Rob Walkerluck is a big one. Robert Norman Reed's another big one. Amber, um, who runs Hope Walk, another big one. We've got Jazz, Jasmine Thornton. She's amazing. I haven't met her or linked up for yet. Mike King, I've met him. He's an amazing man. Wow. Um, Friday, you know, yeah. Thornton. And um, also another massive one is My Father's Barbers, who's actually a worldwide um, known brand and name, who's a, who's a barber shop. His name's Matteo Brown, Matty Brown, and he, he he and his wife have established something phenomenal, an anti-violence campaign that's taken the world by storm, a beautiful oh, man. Oh, yes. also helps with mental health. Yeah. He's a very, he's a brilliant man, a real good man. Love him to pieces, actually. Oh, I um, love that. That's sick. Yeah, so he's another good one. Yeah, so linking in with people like that will be ideal for what we're trying to accomplish. And Matty's a good man, good heart. Same with his wife. They've both been through through their own trauma and they just utilise their stories and experiences to benefit others and going through a barbershop and, you know, creating this massive unification of barbers to do that too. Yeah, so, you well, know, I mean, you sit down and, and you talk, sort of stuff yeah. And you think you're doing it right. Yeah. yeah, and you talk like, you, you know, you get – heavy yarn and talk about what he was exactly. down Exactly, and that's what you do. Like, especially tattooing, people, you know, every – well, 90%. They like it's like Uber drivers and like barbers too. People just open up, you know. They they do. They just open up and talk because you're in that you're in a place where you're sitting, and you know there's sort of nothing to do but talk. So the fact that they they've done this with that, yeah. that's mad. I love that. I love that. Well, absolutely. So I've got an idea for an event that I want to run worldwide, which I coincided with the event. Um, Raising the bar, the Broken Movement's first ever event that led to starting the Broken Movement Trust, and, and we had a number of components, and one of them actually was, I think I told you about it, was $10 yeah. tattoos. Yes, yes, yes. Fundraiser. So my, my personal tattooist, he, he, he volunteered to come over and do semen collie tattoos, semen yep. collie tattoos in relation to suicide symbols yep. at $10 each, which fundraised, I think he done, so he made $700 at $10, which was about 70 people we done in that day. Yep, yep, you know, yep. Tattooed 70 people, and we had, we, we, I can't remember, we had about 700 people come through that event throughout the day. Um, yep. So I want to run a worldwide yep. event like that and other events worldwide, like Let's Talk for Mental Health that Rob started, you know, and things like that. 
that we want to run coincide worldwide and get this out there so that we, we have different time zones but each day it's a new thing that we can run to help people and raise awareness and raise that bar and create that change oh man I'll put my hand up I'm happy to I'll jump on board that for sure and I've got plenty of plenty of boys plenty of artists that um uh keen to keen to get on that too so you just let us know and um well I mean we can at least do the WA side of that Absolutely, you know you've yeah you know you've got the skill set too. Um, you know, it's um the other thing is too. What I was going to say is you know with mental health, mm-hmm. you know one in four people suffer from a mental illness, whether it's suicide, depression, anxiety, schizophrenia, bipolar, whatever that might be. One in four people in the world suffer from mental illness. So if you're one of them, here's a reminder: you're not you are not weak and you are not alone. You're fighting a war inside your head 24 seven, and that takes real strength and bravery. Never forget how strong you really are, and never forget how far you've really come. Because the reality is, it is a battle every day, day in and day out. So if you're still here and doing it, I commend you, I applaud you, and keep doing it because you're another light for someone else to shine. Yes, um, warriors. That's beautiful. Yes. Here you oh, go, the warriors. Like I'm crying. <laughs> oh, I saw. Whoops. So oh. Don't go to don't go to Vodafone. Don't go to Vodafone Warriors. Jesus, they're not going good, are they? <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Supposed to be a Kiwi. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I've got um, uh, like my tears are pouring right now because of that. <sighs> yeah, it's beautiful. Well, you are. You're all warriors. You're all beautiful in your own right and accomplish so much. Whether you know it or not, you know you sit here, you're doing it. It's amazing. And like not you said, one in four. That's you know that's one in four. Yeah. So that's statistics. Yeah, that's like literally. There's plenty of. Fo- Groups of four in this room. So I just think like, you know, one out of four, that's massive. I hope that sinks in for people. You know, we're not alone. One out of four. So one out of the four listening right now, you know, that's big. It's big, yeah. And um, and that's the other thing. Like I'm, I'm doing events now with a company that's actually an Australian company. My mate, I call him my Aussie twin brother, um, Patrick. <laughs> What's he? Patrick, he's the man. He um, runs a company called Raptix. So we're, we're coinciding. So he's wanted me to hit up New Zealand and do stuff over here with him. Yeah. And he's been doing this for years. Who brings over famous artists and works in them. But he's big on mental health. He's got his own mental health stuff. Yeah. He's really, really big on that. So he's looking at doing stuff to donate procedures and finances to mental health charities such as my one. Work inside and help elevate awareness around mental health, which is um, what even with the artists that we're working with, like yeah. um, we're doing one. I think I told you about Sick Kick. Yeah, so we're running an Australian New Zealand tour, actually. which I played. So coming up in October. We played a few of his songs um, today, by the way, and we'll we'll make sure it's on the website. But keep going. So yeah, you're doing the coming to. He's coming to Australia, hey. Yeah. So um. So Sick Kick's um Sick Kick's coming to Australia and New Zealand in October. And I think it's eight shows in total, I believe. Six in uh, Australia, I think, and two here in New Zealand. Yeah. And um, he's a massive artist. He's, he's, he's worldwide. He's a phenomenon. He's like um, a remix, a mix, and mashup. Mash he does up. all sorts of crazy stuff. It just blows your mind. I know and, um, today I was <laughs> pumping. Yeah, it's good. It gets, gets the blood going. Really, so good. You know, real hot. Shop. Yeah, so he's a, he's a hot DJ. And um, He's big on mental health too. That's why him and Patrick connected as well. And Patrick's just the man for the job. He's a truly amazing, phenomenal person. He's my Aussie twin brother. Patrick, if you listen, shout out to you, bro. You know, I love you. Got you back today, the day that we die. Proud of all your accomplishments. Um, Hi, Patrick. Yeah, so he's big on that. (laughs) So he's big on that and doing some incredible, amazing stuff for for, for mental health as well. It's coinciding with myself, which is brilliant. So, yeah, Sick Kick's going to be in Australia and New Zealand in October. It's going to be lit. It's going to be phenomenal. And he's big on mental health. Any artist that's big on mental health, I'll support them till I die. So proud of them. Yeah, it's amazing. Man, you know what I just thought? You know how we've got like, I don't know, um, I don't know what you have over in NZ, but um, oh, I think you have, uh, what's that event? And it's like, I don't know, Good Life, or, I don't know. But we have those festivals, right? And it's all musicians and, you know, dr- like, you know, it's basically just about music and getting drunk. Imagine having a music festival, but it was all about mental health. How mad would that's, that be? Um, that's on, yeah, that's definitely on the cards. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm picking that up. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely on the cards. There's also um, a heatwave festival, which um, Patrick is doing for Rap Ticks, and I think a couple of other promoters over there that are linking in to make that happen, which is another mental health one that's going to be big. So that's, that's in the up-and-comings too. So there's a lot in the background that we're always doing. We're always under the pump. We're on 24-7. I think I survive on six hours sleep sometimes. <laughs> too bad, but five of now and then, you know, 
dad moding everything else. But, you know, we do yeah. it because we're passionate about it. We do it because we create change, see change, and be that change, you know. Show the world love. And, and you're love doing it. You are being the change, Jacob. You literally are. And I'm so, so proud to call you my friend and to be able to, you know, share this, you know, on the show today because you are literally that change. You're a perfect example of coming out of the deepest darks into, you know, into the light, but then sharing and shedding and spreading that light. It's, it's insane. And honestly, anything we can do at the empathy project. And I'm sure Tris from IPL will be like stoked to, to share and help out, you know, these events, just keep us, keep us um, in the know, like whatever we can do. I'm, I'm loving all of this. I wish I lived in New Zealand. Oh, I wish I lived in Australia. Um, <laughs> When, when the opportunity arises, obviously because of my past and my convictions and stuff like that and serving such a hefty sentence, yep. there is red tape about me coming to Australia. I know. Because of what I do and the proof of my change is certified, cemented and evident in everything that I do, I think the government will be able to create a, like a um, sort of visa where I'm able to come over, do motivational speaking, run events, establish the trust and get the Australian people involved so they can run it too because I want to gift it to the Australian people. Because yep. I don't really admit it much. I don't know my granddad from my nan's side, my yep. dad's dad for uh, reasons that I can't confirm on the radio, but I know that he was a sailor from Australia, so I'm actually probably about a quarter Australian. Oh. I don't tell the Kiwis that because I'll be fighting every day. And <laughs> Yeah, we, we, we don't admit that I'm, I'm a Kiwi, so we just you know we just keep it between us and the Aussies, eh? These are the cousins across the ditch. <laughs> well, it's not exactly <laughs> quiet. You've just aired that on live. That's <laughs> all right. That's all right. Oh, so, yeah, yes. If any Aussies want to help me get in the country, nah, nah. but yeah. <laughs> Oh, I'm one seventh. Oh, that's hilarious. Well, um, oh, so <laughs> sorry. Um, can everybody? We have, like I said before, we've got this amazing poem, and I know you, you, you know, you're gonna read it out of your heart and not on the paper. But um, to to yeah, to finish yeah, on the paper. <laughs> do you reckon you could you could share it with us? And I, just before you do, um, another obviously trigger warning. Um, but but to people listening, please. Like I, I, like I really ask you to really take in these words um, because it, it really shows you without him being able to show you, it just really tells you how hard and how dark it was. And so for me, that's so important because I'm sure there's some listening right now that are struggling so hard. And when you hear the pain in this, I'm going to cry, when you hear the pain in the poem, um, you you just, I think you'll, you'll know that, you can you can come out of it. You you can come out of the dark the dark abyss. So yeah, mm. if you mm. if you're keen to share it, Jake. <laughs> yeah, just bear with me. I did forget to mention early on. Um, I was actually in a coma for three days and suffered a brain trauma and injury from that. So my memory isn't always the best. So I do try to get the poem right when I do recite it. I wrote it um, years ago. So I died twice. Lucky I survived. So I'm still here speaking about that too. That's a story for another day. But again. I'll try to remember it off by heart because I can't find the paper. So I, I wrote it in 2014 when I was actually sitting in Papara Men's Prison, Christchurch Men's Prison. I would have been about, I don't know, back then. How old was I? 22 maybe? Mm-hmm. Quite young. Um, and it's called A Lost Soul. And the reason I named it A Lost Soul was because I was very much that lost soul. Yeah. And I didn't know where I was going and who to turn to or whatever else. And very much like many people in life, we can be lost souls, wandering the earth, yeah. unknown or unbegotten oh. and not finding our purpose or plan. And um, not only... And this poem does it suggest that will state questions that I believe that I ask myself, but I believe that a number of people, if not everyone, who is living, has lived, and is going to live, will ask themselves at one present yep. time or another. Yeah. And not only can you jail to a concrete jungle, but you can relate life and your mind as a concrete yes. jungle in a cage sometimes. Yes. And it goes, um, what am I meant to do and where am I meant to go? Why does it have to be this way and who am I meant to show? It seems I'm by myself, I'm always hiding, I'm alone. It's a cruel just a fate and it chills me to my bones. I'm stuck in this concrete case that seems to be my home. An environment of violence and negativity turns my emotions to stone. Who am I meant to see and how do I do that? It's almost impossible to th- see through these shadows that are so thick and so black. I'm always under constant scrutiny, physical, spiritual, mental and emotional attack. Empathy is diminished, is completely lacked. These questions, they circulate like the wind and the breeze. A tornado spinning, hard to visualize a clear path for me to see. All I want to do is to help others and to be set free. Because this life is immensely crazy, this life that I lead. I walk such a thin line because my own worst to me and I fell to my own deceit. I used to fool myself with this mascara law teach when I trudged through muddy blood with no shoes upon my feet. All alone, I hold on to my hopes and to my dreams. My wishes want to come true, but they seem to fade and die. I'm still left with these questions that remain in the back of my mind. Who the hell truly am I? And who am I meant to be? 
Do I dare follow my heart through these vicious thistles and thorns to conquer my addiction and my disease? Or do I give up and desire this massive concrete, the fear of no escape and the cuts of razor wire and the violence that I breathe? I do not know if I believe in God, but yet I still pray on my knees. feel like someone's grip screws my heart, preventing my heart beats. This seems to be my fate that I rush so quickly to greet. I dwell in this desolate place and my soul is blackened by its hate, tearing me apart every single day that I wake. My family, they have my back, my daughter, she's slipping away. I'm trying to fight for my life, but it seems I'm losing day by day. The more my friends, friends and family die, the more I do lose faith. Redemption is but a small speck in a distant galaxy where I attempt to gaze. This battle is far from one, a war that has not yet been undone. No relief, just pain. So it makes me cry and I bleed, I fade, I hide. At times it's hard to walk or talk or float or fly. It seems I burn, I sin, I lie and fry. This pain haunts me, this broken world is crumbling and fried. Hard to rejuvenate the energy that's there, it's so exhausted and so deprived. My past and present always haunting me, a broken world crumbling and fried. That's why I reach out to the universe, to the galaxies, to God, to humanity, to anybody, to somebody. So won't you please help me, a lost soul. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I, I, I've got no words. Oh, my God, I'm crying like a maniac over here. Jacob, so powerful. So, so powerful. Thank you so much for sharing that. So amazing. I love it. You need to find the the writings of it, please. I'd like it delivered and mailed to me. Oh, so good. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know where it is. I started writing books in jail, actually, poems and books on philosophies and things. So there's some we stashed away. I've been meaning to finish them one day, but we'll get there. Oh, um, I'd, yeah, I'd love to them. read them all. I'd love to read your mind in those places. But I love The Lost Soul. I've, um, I used to call myself that. I, I related to, yeah. to almost every single world. I loved it. Well, Jacob, thank you so much for today. Absolutely killed it, I think. My first solo um, interview on air. But um, what a pleasure and I'm so happy that you were the first one. You know you know what it symbolises for me. Um, but, yeah, I'm so glad we could do this. And, guys, um, well, obviously I'll, I'll let you say goodbye, but also um, I'm playing Jacob's uh, – would you call it your, your, your anthem of the month right now? The song be my favourite song. Is that Wave? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely my favourite at the moment. Like, I go through stages, obviously. It's like um, Same. <laughs> that one there I'm practicing about three, four, five times a day whenever I can. I thoroughly enjoy it. I try to sing it, but I sound like a drowning cat. I might need a voiceover. I won't be singing it to you today because it will just ruin the whole interview. We'll leave that out. <laughs> I've got the, <laughs> I've got the audio now. message of you doing the Adele bit. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, no, that's, that's the sick kick one too. That's the uh, rolling in the deep. Yeah, that's, that's the um, mix and mash up. I like that one too. Sick kick's going to be my <laughs> obsession for the next month. It'll be on repeat. My neighbours were like, ah. But um, yeah, nah. Yeah, I'm the exact same with that. Always doing the phases of the songs on repeat. And I'll, oh, and, but I just feel it so hard. It doesn't get old no matter how much is repeated, eh? <laughs> oh, yeah. And that wave at the moment is definitely my number one. I've just been, it's been. I don't know. I just relate to it so much, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We need to um, we need yeah. to make sure everyone cranks it. So when we play the song, make sure it's up loud because songs like this have to be loud, don't you reckon? Powerful, passionate, absolutely. Always. All right. Well, Jacob, <laughs> absolute legend. Um, we'll um just let everyone know. Uh, in. After the show, I'll make sure we put a post up with all the links to the organisations and the things that uh, Jacob and I spoke about today um, so we can get everyone onto that and they can see what we were talking about, really. Absolutely. That sounds phenomenal. Thank you guys for listening and I appreciate your time to listen to our conversation, our corridor today, and uh, nothing but love and light to you all and prayers be with you, sending prayers and love. And remember that whatever you have been through, you can always overcome and you'll become a new, stronger person for someone else that you survived so you can help other people survive. Oh, my God. Yep. So true. I'm living living proof. We are living proof. So true. So true, Jacob. Absolutely. Oh, that's awesome. It's been good talking to you. I know. It's been fun. And I'm sure we'll catch up again in no time. uh, no 100%. All right, guys. We're going to play Jacob's little anthem, Waves G-Mix by C. Reno, Pyrex, and Mac Marley. All right, Jacob, cheers, and we'll, we'll talk again. Alright, sounds good. See ya. Coming to you from Rockingham, IPL Radio.